1: Sip on the go with a Starbucks Iced Shaken Espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Audio Judo. I'm Kyle. And I'm Matthew.
3: Welcome. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, your premier source of music podcasts. Uh, We are quickly approaching our 100th episode, this being number 94, uh, and we are planning something unique that I will not elaborate about at the moment, (laughs) just in case we suck and we can't pull it off. If it turns out to be a clip episode, you'll know we failed. We screwed it up. Uh, Besides this show, we also have two more shows that we are parents to. Mm. Uh, There is audiojudo.com. Jazz, which will be starting up season two next year, and there's Throughline, which is a show all about concepts within albums, whether real or imagined. Uh, in addition to all that nonsense we have going on, we also have additional content that is only available to you through our Patreon account. Kyle, how would they go about getting into something
2: like yeah, that? Yeah, so if you just want to support the podcast, our lowest tier is called the Shout It Out Loud tier, and only for only one dollar or a euro or a pound or whatever your local currency is per month, you can help out the podcast quite a bit. Rupee? Uh, a rupee, if you, if you live where they use rupees. You can help out the podcast quite a bit. In exchange for that, we'll give you a shout out at the end of every single episode. The content Matthew was talking about, the first tier that gets that is called the Front Row Seats tier. Uh, For five bucks a month, you can really help us out and keep us uh, buying beer and drinks so that we can keep making the podcast. In exchange for that, you'll get the shout out at the end of every episode. You'll get two day early access to full episodes. Uh, You'll get access to those bonus mini episodes, which we call Judo Chops. And you'll get occasional access to some little, uh, little bits and pieces that we had to cut out of episodes or whatever. If you really want to help the podcast out and get a little something for yourself, in return, you can sign up for the Backstage Pass tier. It is $20 a month, and for that, you'll get the shout-out by name at the end of every episode, two-day early access to full episodes, access to the Judo Chop mini-episodes, uh, little bonus bits that we cut out, plus a very special personalized gift after three months at that tier, and the big part, after a year at that tier, you can co-host an episode of Audio Judo with us about the album of your choice. Uh, that does only activate once, and it does require a full year of patronage in order to activate that. But it's a lot of fun. We've done, what, two so far? I don't know. Two? Two? One. Think we, I think we've done two
3: One? I think I just we, one.
2: Oh, okay, well then we've only done one
3: We need to do another one
2: We need to but There's one coming up shortly Yeah There's one coming up uh, In March, I believe Yeah There's another one coming up In June or July June or July Yeah That sounds about right And then uh, we just had a new Patron sign up at that tier So Yeah November 2023 Another one coming up I need to uh,
3: We should schedule those, huh? I should get yeah, down that. Yeah, we do that uh, So now that we have uh, That business out of the way We can get down To this episode uh, You are in for a real treat Today, Ooh, folks yeah, yeah. Uh, Today we are bringing you you our fourth annual holiday episode. And because we couldn't record our holiday episode without our resident holiday expert, Indeed. Uh, it is time to welcome in the Christmas queen, or as her TikTok handle will tell you, Mother Christmas. Ooh. And my lovely wife, Heather. Hi. Hello. Hello. Glad to join. She is the only person in the room prettier than Kyle. No offense, Randy. Oh my. So how you been? How's the uh, holiday decorating going?
4: It's good. It's good. I'm uh, really trying to be intentional and deliberate because I am, of course, behind the eight ball. As no, <laughs>
3: you're never behind. I see you're decked out in your uh, Christmas onesie. Everyone on video who's watching this can see she's got a Christmas onesie on. So a little different uh, feel this year for sure as we're recording this episode uh, for the First time in the new studio location, mm-hmm. and the first time we've actually recorded this episode during the day. Yeah, kind of weird. So it probably feels a little bit weird to us. First
2: time we've ever recorded this episode sober.
3: Also true. <laughs> a little weird. That's very weird. So, but we're excited that you're here. Thank you. Before we get started on the meat of the episode, however, we do have a special treat for you. Uh, as most of you know, we hosted artist Maya Wynn a couple of months ago for an in home concert. That concert is still available for viewing uh, on her YouTube channel. If you you like to watch it, you can go to any one of our Audio Judo's social media pages and find the link there, or we'll provide a link on the page for this episode. While Maya was here, we were all hanging out together, explaining how our house turns into a winter wonderland of the season. Uh, And she mentioned that she has a Christmas EP. And I said, boy, I would love to hear that. (laughs) So in her unicorn onesie, she grabbed her ukulele and proceeded to play the song Feels Like Christmas right there at our kitchen table. (laughs) So here it is for you, Maya Wynn and Feels Like Christmas. Isso e beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's so nice. I believe she mentioned that she played some of the songs uh, on the EP on the Harp guitar, which is actually such a gorgeous instrument, just a massive piece of <laughs> harp and guitar. Uh, the song is available on Spotify and other streaming services. However, if you are a true fan of the podcast and of Maya, I say you should go to the band cam- her Bandcamp site yes. and pay the $2 for it, especially around the holidays. She's still an independent artist. Uh, you can find that at mayawin.bandcamp.com, and we will have a link in the show notes for that as well. So this year's episode took a number of twists and turns to get here, I think for a while. I'd wanted to do an episode about non-religious holiday tunes, right? That was where I was at first. And for a while, I was hung up on holiday songs performed only by women. Hmm. But at the end of the day, I settled on holiday songs from around the world. And the format is a simple one. Each of us has picked four countries and done our research about the holiday traditions and music. We will give you some background on how the holiday season is celebrated there and how it differs from here and also play a popular song or maybe not as popular song from that country as well. Really depends. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun, educational, because I've seen the countries you guys have picked out and I'm intrigued about this. Uh, And I think that's so we can flesh it out a little better. I will go first and then you guys can fight over who goes next, even though we already have the order. decided. Uh... (laughs) (laughs)
2: Even though the order is clearly written down on a piece of paper It
3: is written down on a piece (laughs) of paper Let me rephrase that
2: In clearly written down on a piece of paper
3: So we'll go me, and then Kyle, and then Heather So Heather, you will end up having the very last say So I think that's important I like it So my first country is Portugal Oh Portugal Portugal (laughs) Nativities Nativities all around Makes sense. One of the main things I found when researching the holiday season in Portugal is their love of, and some may say, obsession with nativity scenes, be they live or otherwise.
2: Zombie nativity scenes. Correct. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. You will find them all over Portugal during the holiday season, even on the sides of roads or in the middle of roundabouts. They put Mm -hmm. them everywhere. Uh, The Portuguese word for nativity is precipios. Precipios? Precipios. And they take them very seriously. It's even... In the Guinness Book of World Records uh, in 2012, the town of Sapayo de, oh man, Aliros. So
2: I, I do want to point out real quick, I got, I got to divert here for a second. Heather, before we started, was doing all this research into how to pronounce all the words she needs to pronounce later. She was pulling out her phone and listening to Google Translate and all this stuff. And Matthew and I just show up with all this complicated shit and I'm going to be like, what? La, la Garuba Dose Corbadoba.
3: Like, I think that's yeah. how it's pronounced. It, it could be. I think it's better that way. Yeah, Of course. So, so the town of Sao Paio de Oleros, let's go with that, had an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records for hosting the largest moving nativity scene in the world. Ooh, it's massive. Because how, this is how big was it? It was so big. I don't know. It was hundreds. Oh, just of people. really big. Uh, and because this is a primarily a Catholic country, uh, even the private homes take them very seriously. Uh, rather than just jam them on the hall table or stick them in a corner, they gather stones and moss from outside to give them an authentic. Background,
4: Sweeters.
3: right? That's a, that's a risk they all are willing to take. But in true Catholic tradition, they don't decorate the house at all until Christmas Eve, including the nativity, and baby Jesus is left out of the manger until Christmas Day. Well, yeah, because he wasn't sense, born yet, right? Yeah. (laughs) And he's just got like that diaper on. That sucks. Generally, it seems like they celebrate a lot of Christmas on the 24th, on Christmas Eve. As opposed to stockings, uh, shoes are left out overnight for baby Jesus to fill with gifts. Not Santa. Baby Jesus fills the shoes with gifts. Not Santa. Uh, ironic. We used to do the same thing in my house, but a few weeks earlier growing up in a Catholic household as well with German heritage. We celebrated the feast of St. Nicholas on December 6th Mm -hmm. by putting our shoes by the door. And in the morning there were little gifts and candy and such, which is kind of gross. Like, why did my mom put candy in my shoe? Especially
4: your shoes. Gross. (laughs) Right? Pretty nasty. Especially
3: December 6th, which means it was probably my boots. Even worse. Uh, uh. Sweaty boots. <laughs> so most families in Portugal will then head to church for the Missa de Galo. I got that one right. Nice. Or the midnight mass. Uh, one tradition they have is the kissing of the baby Jesus, and everybody lines up to do that during the mass. I hope it's a statue and not just not random baby. <laughs> Even so, just kissing that statue all the time. So after they get home, uh,
2: COVID. Right? <laughs> I was about to say. I wonder how that's changed in the last couple of years. <laughs>
3: So after they get home, which is usually really late, uh, they find what baby Jesus left for them in their shoes. And he is put into his manger in the ever-present nativity scene. As far as food is concerned, the Christmas dinner is called the consoada and is eaten on the 24th as well. Uh, the normal option for dinner is the Portuguese national dish called bacalhau, which is a cod, right? Mm. Fish. Most typical pre- preparation is the bacalhau de consada, which isn't the most popular presentation by far. <laughs> uh but it's most typical. This one is cabbage, boiled eggs, boiled potatoes, and cod served with a sauce of vinegar, olive oil, and garlic. So, no kissing after this, I yeah. don't think.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you're all eating the same thing,
3: that's true. Yeah, Every, and they love
2: everybody's their... going to stink the same, is what Heather's trying exactly. to say.
3: Exactly, <laughs> uh, and they uh, they love their pastries as well. Uh, Fatiás duros is very popular, and I can get on board with this one because it's French toast with a wine sauce. Ooh, that sounds delightful.
4: Nummy. Yeah.
3: Also very popular is the bolo re which is a king cake popular in France, filled with dried fruits and nuts. It's just another take on the crowd pleaser that is the holiday fruit cake. Mm. Mm. And not surprising, the drink of choice around this time of year, or any time of year, is a variation on port. Always port. I'm a big fan of the Tawny ports. Uh, Okay, so we're moving on to music now. So While Silent Night is the most popular Christmas song in Portugal, and generally Mm. the entire world over.
2: I would believe that, yes. uh,
3: There is a rich history of traditional holiday music dating back to the earliest parts of the 20th century. But the story would be incomplete without the inclusion of Fernando López Graça, who many believed to be one of the greatest composers of Portuguese descent during this period. Not only was he an extremely accomplished composer, but he was also an activist against the fascist regime that held power in Portugal in the 40s and 50s in that Mm. region of the world. For that reason, his music career was often derailed as he kept getting kicked out of the country and tossed into prison. (laughs) So he wasn't able to write quite as much. So on Christmas Eve 1950, he premiered his Cantatas do Natal, or Christmas songs, which consisted of 34 ballads and carols. Uh, half of them were based in Iberian folklore, and also the Trás-os-Montes region of Portugal. That means behind the mountains in Portuguese, and it is ex- unique for its extreme location and culture. They have like this ghost culture, and I don't mean like specters, Ooh. but nobody really has a handle on what their culture is unless you live there.
0: Oh, it's, okay. a, it's a
3: very secretive. Like the whole area is like steeped in these secret societies and stuff, and they don't really share any of it. So getting any music out of there is a yeoman's effort.
2: That is more scary to me than Ghosts. Yeah. Or like what? a creepy secret to say. That's how horror movies start. Right? Always.
3: <laughs> but like, uh, what was the Swedish one where the, oh, Midsummer. Yeah. So you're going to end up in some weird place and they're going to, you know, chop you <laughs> no, up and I'm eat ju-
2: you. I'm just here to or learn a about your music. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh
3: yeah, serpent in the rainbow. Oh. Oh. no thanks. Uh, so <laughs> uh, in, in between 1934, and 1958, he also wrote seven other concert programs for the Christmas season with the last being present de Natal para as crianças or a Christmas gift for children. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, recordings of his music have been lost to time, but I found an updated version of one of his songs called Natal das Crianças, which sounds like this.
0: (laughs) Natal, Natal das Crianças Natal na noite de luz Natal da estrela Guia.
1: Natal do Jesus
3: da matriz
4: feliz Só
2: so, uh, uh, that's it for Portugal, Kyle. What you got? Where, where we well, at? I got to ask you a quick yeah. question. Why did you pick Portugal?
3: Uh, I picked two countries at random and two that I had a connection with, whether real or imagined.
2: Oh, Okay. Cool. Oh. So this one
3: was one of the random, oh, interesting picks. All
2: right. Did you put them in a hat and pull them out, or
3: no? I kind of you throw like, a dart at them. No, I took a map and I opened it, like opened it and went.
2: Got point. Got real drunk, spun around, pointed your finger at yeah. it. Did the thing with the globe. Cool. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Spin the globe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) And then your finger gets stuck (laughs) under the part that holds the globe. Ow, (laughs) God damn it. That's That's how it always happens to me. Yeah. So my first one, I picked Finland. Finland, do you have Finland, some sort of Finland. I do. she's singing the song too. I, yeah. Do you have I, some sort of connection to Finland? I I do. do I am, you? I picked it for two reasons. So the first is my direct connection. Uh my sister lives in Finland. Her uh partner lives in Finland uh and my nephew lives in I Finland. I would hope they don't live in separate. Yeah, that would be places. weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're yeah, that would be weird. Uh, <laughs> that's the first reason I picked it. Uh second reason I picked it is because Finland is officially the home of Santa Claus. What? Yeah, you thought he lived I at the would North say Pole. You'll you, hear. Well, we're going to others fi- beg to Mm. Are we going to fight about this? We might, because, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, he lives at the North Pole. Totally fake. Fake news spread by anti sant operatives (laughs) to trick people into purchasing more cookies and milk. Yeah, you see kids, Big Dairy and Big Bakery don't want you to know that their profits go way up around Christmas time, shilling out cookies and milk for the fake quote unquote Santa that lives at the North Pole. you don't F with Big Dairy. You just don't. Yeah. It turns out, though, that the real Santa lives in Lapland, Finland. Uh, his official home is in this nice. d- delightful-looking <laughs> town called uh, Rovinemi, uh where he has a house and a place to keep his reindeer. Uh, instead of cookies, he probably prefers a nice cup of glogi, oh. which is a type of mulled wine. You can even write him letters at his official address, which is Santa Claus, care of Santa Claus's main post office, 96930, Nappapiri, Finland. Uh, Napapiri is actually a little suburb of, uh, of uh, uh, Rovi- Rovanimi. Rovanimi. Uh, and it has a beautiful little. There's like a little kind of theme park where you can go and you can see Santa's reindeer and you can meet Santa. And Santa Claus. sold out. And Santa sold out. I was out. say,
4: so is this just some dude in Finland that's like, hey, I really want to get in on this racket.
2: It, I mean, it could be. It sounds like the real Santa <laughs> I'm to me. making you. some serious it is, coin. It is also a Rovan... God, I can never... Rovanimi. Them. Rovanimi. Thank you. Uh, sits, the town sits right on the Arctic Circle and they have this really cool downtown area where there's all these pillars with like a bar that goes between them that is the Arctic Circle. So so, you can walk underneath it. And
3: so, when you were in Finland uh, a couple I, of months ago, did you go? I did
2: not go there. Oh. It is way far north from Helsinki and it's not easy to get there. It's got to be so. just a,
3: like a, through a couple fjords. Yeah, you know. Bang, it's, bang, boom, you're there.
2: You got to save stuff for the next trip, Matthew. Oh, you always right. got to save stuff for that. So, anyways, uh, the Finns generally celebrate on Christmas Eve. Which uh, turns out to be A very uh, widespread thing I had no idea yeah. about uh, That's when Santa comes And brings their presents uh, Many people attend Midnight Mass as well uh, Christmas isn't just A single day in Finland though uh, It starts on Christmas Eve And lasts all the way Until St. Newt's Day On January 13th um, There's an old Finnish adage Which says Good Thomas brought Christmas With him And evil nuti Took it away Evil Nutti. Evil Nutti. N-U-U-T-T-I Nuti. It's too many U's And too many T's <laughs> But what do I know? Newtie And apparently 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 uh, under like ancient Finnish law, uh, there was a Christmas peace every year, which lasted for 20 days. And it began on December 21st, uh, the day of uh, Thomas and ended on January 13th, the day of Newt. So no wars? Uh, If you were at war with somebody, you were supposed to put it on hold. Man, those couple
3: days leading back up to St. Newt's Day must have been really stressful. Right? You're like, oh, Oh, I'm going to die. (laughs) You can see people amassing on the hill and you're just like,
2: "Mm." So they celebrate pretty much the same way that uh, most people do, though. They get drunk and they eat a lot of food. Christmas meals start off with porridge, which generally has one almond in it served for everybody. Uh, No, it's like a a lucky almond. Ah. So if you get the almond, you have a lucky It's like the king cake. It's like the king cake. It's a very similar tradition. Most important piece of the meal is ham. They often serve it with mustard. And like I was talking about earlier, glogi, which is a mulled wine made from uh, fruit juice or uh, red wine mixed with raisins, almonds, and spices like cardamom, cinnamon, uh, and uh, other spices. How's, how's your stomach doing right about now? Th- um, yeah, I'm really yeah, hungry. hungry? <laughs> For dessert, plum jelly and gingerbread cookies with plum jam. Chocolate has also become super important there.
3: Uh, is the national fruit the plum? Huh? Is the national fruit the plum?
2: I don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, also, one thing that's pretty traditionally Finnish is they do a Christmas visit to the sauna,
3: which that sounds fits. That sounds lovely. I'm Lovely, in. lovely right? yeah.
2: So, uh, music-wise, uh, they enjoy a lot of uh, uh, foreign Christmas carols now, today. You know, a lot of English-speaking Christmas carols and from all over Europe. They do love traditional and older Christmas carols as well, though. Oftentimes, they're covered by modern artists, modern Finnish artists in Finnish. Christmas carols are also a very central part of Finnish Christmas celebrations. They have some very sad ones. Like, there's one called uh, "Sparrow on the Christmas Morning," which is uh, by Sakari Topolis. It's been one of Finland's favorite songs for decades, but it is very, very sad lyrics about loss and you know Nordic things that are sad. Uh, <laughs> 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 what are Nordic things? <laughs> I don't, I don't know.
3: It, Nordic things it, it that seems are very sad, unusual like to ships me.
4: going down. Yeah, or,
3: right, you oh, know. yeah, yeah that's just there's
2: that general sort of a, a dread feeling in the Nordic winters. I because you don't see the sun for exactly months at a time. One of the uh, uh, <laughs> the ship went down, <laughs> <It's over. laughs> Go on. Um, weirdly, some of the foreign songs that they love the most: uh, Last Christmas by Wham! Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> Happy Xmas War is Over by John, John Lennon, and Lennon, Yoko Ono, and Heather hates that song, Mariah Carey's song. All I Want for Christmas oh, is You. Oh, god, I know our perennial favorite
3: <laughs> to think I respected the finish yeah. right up until that moment.
2: Uh, there is a, a love lovely Finnish singer named Suvi Teresniska. Yeah, right. Good <laughs> luck with that. Suvi Teresniska. Okay. That's not bad. The song is called Mumo. Uh, here's a little clip of it.
1: Mies kuoli lapset lähti aikanaan Maailmalle kukin vuorollaan Kun joulun aikaan hanki Lapsen lapset muistaa mun
3: What's that damn? Fe- what's that damn song festival? Oh, the international song festival.
2: Oh, Eurovision. Eurovision. <laughs> That's what
3: that sounds like. That was totally. destined for Eurovision. Yeah, yes.
2: absolutely. It definitely. If they don't do a Christmas version of Eurovision, they absolutely should. They that could- would go over. Bonkers, huge.
3: You could see that song with just like elaborate staging, oh, and all yeah. kinds of crystal and big waves weird. of
2: lights <laughs> and stuff. That'd <laughs> <Okay, mama. laughs> yeah, be great. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Christmas in Finland. It seems like it would be a lot of fun. Very delicious looking foods.
3: You gonna do your line?
2: And I'm finished with Finland now. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs>
4: All right, so we move across the globe to Mexico. Ooh. So, when looking at the four countries that I chose for this episode, I determined if I wasn't already entrenched in the traditions of the United States from childhood and got the opportunity to pick which country I would come from just solely based on their Christmas celebrations, I would definitely choose Mexico, in spite of the fact that most of these celebrations are religious based. Hmm. So, it's a party, like for a long period. Period of time.
3: I like parties. Yeah. Fiestas. I like (laughs) parties.
4: The Christmas celebrations in Mexico last over a month and are rich with tradition. The season starts on December 12th with Dia de la Virgen de Guadalupe or Day of the Virgin of Guadalupe. On this day, Catholics from all over Mexico go to the Basilica of Guadalupe to visit a special image of the Virgin Mary. They celebrate with parades, fireworks, and music. And one of the most common treats that are eaten on this day are bunuelos, which are crispy fried fritter um, that is sprinkled with sugar or slathered in syrup. To me, they they look like kind of the consistency of a beignet, but almost in more of a donut hole shape. So they're just like little round Ooh. balls nice crispy outside mm-hmm. so they looked really good and again I'm my stomach
3: is growling Disney. I'm very hungry <laughs> Disney World don't carry anything like this for uh, brandy I'm sure they
4: have
2: to oh <laughs>
4: What? Um, Next comes Las Posadas, which translates to the inn or lodging. Uh, This celebration starts on December 16th and lasts through December 24th. During this time, there are many reenactments throughout Mexico done based on the story of Mary and Joseph Mm -hmm.
3: seeking shelter in the manger.
4: Yeah. Um so children go from house to house during this time singing the traditional La Posada song called Canto para pedir posada like these children here in this clip. Oh yeah. You can tell uh, from the the clip there they do it in um, alternating groups, so it's generally two or more people, and then they separate into groups and one sings one verse, one group sings one verse, and the other group call sings and the response other verse. sort of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. After singing, they ask for entry into the home where they join in on a fiesta with food, hmm. drink, another and fiesta. Pinatas. All right. Um, so, an interesting note on these Christmas piñatas is that there's a special meaning to the. style Style and the process of striking the piñata. First, the piñata used during the season are normally mostly in a ball shape with seven spikes on it. So we've all seen them oh, in yeah. stores. They're, uh, they're available throughout the year, but these are the Christmas piñatas. Wow. And the seven spikes actually represent the seven deadly sins. Oh,
3: You know, Christmas tradition, the seven deadly Yeah, of course. Merry Christmas, everybody.
4: Well, but in the (laughs) process, though, you'll understand. So next, the step of covering the eyes of the striker is meant to symbolize blind faith. Oh. And the stick is meant to represent virtue. Finally, the treats and the candy found inside the re- is the reward for their faith in God. Ah. So it's all very religious based, very. as I said at the beginning. Hmm. Um, then the last day of Posada is actually Christmas Eve or Noche Buena, where families will go to church to attend a late night mass known as La Misa del Galo, which uh, gallo gallo, yeah. which is similar to the Portuguese. Yeah. And what that stands for is the mass of the rooster. And the reason why it's called that is because it is said that when the baby Jesus was born, a rooster crowed. So Mm. that's why it's called the, the mass of the rooster. Then on Christmas Day, which we all know as Navidad, thanks to the popular song Feliz Navidad, written and performed originally by Jose Feliciano in 1970, families again go to church, relax in their homes, and eat lots and lots of food. A traditional Mexican Christmas dinner will often begin with oxtail soup filled with beans and hot chili.
3: Oh, oxtail. Yeah.
4: Then on December 28th, it's good. It's good. they celebrate Dia de los Santos Inocentes, or Day of the Sainted Innocents. Traditionally, this day is full of people telling others bold-faced lies, <laughs>
2: wow. representing
4: the trickery of the innocent. Wait, so what, what date was that? That is on December 28th.
2: Interesting. Okay.
4: And that is very
2: <laughs> similar. No, this will come back. This will come back. Okay. It's
4: a, very similar to April Fool's Day in yeah. the United States. Then they finish off their celebrations on January 6th, when the presents are actually given, um, especially to children. This is the day known as Dia de los Tres Reyes Magos, aka Dia de Reyes, which translates to Three Kings Day. Huh. Common carols or Villancicos, which is that's the only one, Villancicos I didn't look up, that goes with this day is Los Peces en el Rio, or the fishes in the river, which tells the story of Mary Washing the Christ Child's clothing in the Rio, mm, huh.
3: yeah.
4: um, and Ya vienen los Reyes, which ties into the gift giving on this day to symbolize those brought by the three wise men to baby Jesus. During this celebration, family and friends share a rosca de Reyes, a sweet bread baked in the shape of a wreath with baby Jesus Jesus figurines inside. So huh. we're seeing a
0: so, commonality. Hey, yeah, there's yeah. a there.
4: Whoever. Finds One is expected to host the next celebration on February 2nd, known as Dia de la Candelaria. Tying the season celebrations up with yet another day of feasting and family. Hmm.
3: I like this. It's a lot of food.
4: Yeah. Right. A lot of food, a lot of family, celebrations.
2: And it goes on really for more than a month. As usual in learning about all this, uh, I realize that Americans get screwed. Yeah. Every other country's like, oh no, it lasts like three months. <laughs> it's the whole winter season is just a giant Our, Christmas celebration. Ours <laughs> lasts
3: three months. They try to. Yeah, well, But pe- people shut it down. They're like, no, Christmas starts the day after Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> you
4: better not be. Put
2: it in Don't the put stores. anything up. Cram, yeah. Cramming a bunch of stuff on store shelves is different than celebrations lasting three months. Absolutely. You, see my you, guys, celebrate, you guys celebrate for a long time. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm just saying, generally speaking, we kind of screw ourselves and being like, no, no, we don't want to celebrate this long. No, no. We don't want extra time off work. No, no. That's
3: probably why some of these countries are generally more peaceful than ours. <laughs> so Good
2: their call. celebration Good lasts call. longer. Is so that it? That's it for Mexico.
3: Mexico. I like it. Mexico's getting a star. Yeah. That was nice. So, my uh, second country is is Nigeria. And of the four countries I chose, this is the one that really intrigued me the most, mostly because I know virtually nothing about the culture there outside of what I've seen on TV shows like 90 Day Fiance. Indeed. Which is the reason why I picked it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, So this one was fun yeah, because it was, I'm like, I kind of know a couple of these cities. I kind of, I kind of know a little bit about it. So let's see where it heads. Nigeria, used to be a colony of Great Britain, as was most of Africa. Uh, It is the most ethnically diverse country in Africa, hosting over 200 different cultural groups that speak over 400 different dialects. Whoa! 60% of the population are Christian, while the remaining 40% are either Muslim or more traditionalist religions, actually native to that region. Muslims dominate the northern parts of the country while the Christians populate the south. During Christmas time, children expect a new cloth from their parents called the Christmas cloth. The new Christmas cloth is what the children, and sometimes the parents who still practice that tradition, will wear on Christmas Day. Children usually then spend the bulk of the day going door-to-door in their neighborhood, kind of like Halloween, where they usually are given small gifts of money. From all of the uh, the neighbors, and the kids will u- then utilize. They'll use that money to buy fireworks or bangers, as they call them, to be used in the evening that night. They all just blow off fireworks. That sounds like a party right there. So- <laughs> uh, people usually go to church in the evening on Christmas Eve and begin celebrating right away They blast loud music and dance and all drink the traditional drink of the season, palm wine Ooh. And they party long into the night, saving the food for Christmas Day First of all, that palm wine, I tried so hard to get that here because I really wanted to bring everyone a nip, even though I realized that people have to go back to work or whatever. And I could not find it anywhere. I even Mm. went to the local African market in Summerlin. And they're like, no, we have palm juice, but palm wine. They won't let anyone import it. And I'm like, oh, man. So it is very difficult to get here. So in the morning, they greet each other the way we all do with a Merry Christmas. Hausa is the most spoken dialect in Nigeria. And that is said Barka da... Kirasamati, Barca da kirasamati. The food is prepared by the woman of the house or the first daughter of the house. We've seen that kind of on the show. Definitely. Typical preparations are a chicken or a hen, but one particular cultural uh, group, the Igbo, kill a goat for Christmas dinner and make a dish called nkwabi. Uh, looking that one up, it sounds very interesting. Goat, bouillon, utazi, which is a West African herb, edible potash, which is salty gravel. Yeah. yeah. Palm oil, ugva, which is oil bean seed, scotch bonnet peppers. Love them. Onion and nutmeg. I mean, other than the potash, I'd totally give that a try.
2: Yeah. I mean, it just grinded
3: my little spicy. It'd be, yeah, it'd be spicy. The goat. That sounds all right. Hmm. I try it. Uh, music begins playing around noon on Christmas Day, and they all dress up in colorful masks and outfits and travel through the towns and villages, holding basically a moving Christmas carnival. That sounds like a ton of fun, and is certainly filled with a ton of joy. Uh, the most popular song in Nigeria the past few years is a song called Merry Christmas Darling by Timmy DiColo. Uh It is sung in English, reminiscent of American Christmas carols.
4: Nothing from Soldier Boy.
3: Kind of, no, I couldn't find anything. It's kind, of, <laughs> kind of sappy and overdone. So instead, I opted for a song called "The Animal Carol," which is sung by the Lagos City Chorale in the native Igbo language. We've seen Lagos a well, bunch we have of times, seen Lagos. Um, and I think it's going to give you a better flavor for Nigerian holiday music because it's a carol in which there are a number of imitations of animals within the carol, hmm. and it sounds like this. I So that's what I have for Nigeria. Oh, that's great. It was totally I, fun.
2: I, I got to be honest, when you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be something really serious. I love that you can hear people laughing. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. That's, oh, that's it's, awesome. It,
3: it's it, a YouTube video. So you, you can check it out. And it's hilarious because they come out there and there's like one that's doing like a peacock strut across stage <laughs> and stuff. It's, it's really cute. And the whole crowd is just cracking up and totally into it. So yeah, that's it's awesome. a lot of fun. So that's it for <laughs> Nigeria. Kyle. All
2: right. Uh, I picked Germany for my second pick. Uh, yeah. If, if, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Austria. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the accent I've been doing for Germany all these years was Austrian, and I feel like Doomcom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, picked it for three reasons. First of all, so much of our Christmas music and Christmas tradition comes from Germany. You don't say. Like Silent a lot of Night. It. Yeah. yeah. What a surprise. Uh, my dad's family from Germany, technically Prussia, I guess, but we'll call it Germany, uh, and also because of the Krampus. Oh yeah. Damn. The cr- That was a creepy movie (laughs) It's a creepy character uh, basically, uh, Germany celebrates through the whole month of December. Surprise, surprise. It starts with Christmas markets uh, that get set up at the end of November. Then in early December is Krampusnacht, uh, which falls on the night before the feast of St. Nicholas, December 5th and 6th, respectively. Then Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day are all celebrated. Uh, then on New Year's and Three Kings Day in early January. So they do a lot of celebrating throughout that time. A lot of the traditions that we think of around Christmas time uh, came from Germany, like we said. The Christmas tree, Advent calendars, Christmas baubles, or baubles tinsel. Mold wine, Christmas angels, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, For food, uh, there's Stollen, which is a fruit bread. Surprise, surprise. Liebeküchen, which is honey cake. Uh, Potato salad. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal uh, for Germans on Christmas. German potato salad. Yeah. Sausages, how how German. I had potato salad every
3: year on Christmas Day. German potato salad. Uh,
2: And apparently they also uh, usually eat duck or goose or rabbit on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day.
3: Christmas goose. Yeah.
2: Uh, For drinks, mold wine is really common. There's also uh, fears in Gimbole. You got it. Yeah. It translates as fire tongs punch. What is this? It will absolutely jingle your bells if you aren't careful with it. Uh, The recipe for- Fire what? Fire tongs, like tongs, tongs, like fire tongs. What is it? Uh, So you can find the actual recipe online. It's a little difficult to make. Uh, It has red wine, rum, orange, lemon, cinnamon, clove, and ginger in it. Delicious. I've had it once many years ago, and it is very good. The trick is you soak up all the rum with a sugar loaf, and it's, it's hard to- to describe what that is. It's almost like an angel food cake kind of thing, but okay. it's much like more Like a sponge dense. cake. Yeah. And then you put that on the tongs on top of the bowl of drink and light it on fire. Yes. And it burns and melts all the sugar down into the drink. And you have to keep adding rum to it to keep it burning. Oh, uh,
3: yeah. This sounds fantastic.
2: It is very good. I enjoyed it a lot. I had a friend make it for, for us 10 or 12 years ago now. Maybe but...
4: I should do a TikTok video of
3: that.
2: Ooh, there yes, you go. Yes, please do. If you, I, There's got to be a German store somewhere in Vegas. I guess, yeah, right, right, yeah. The, the sugar loaf is the real piece that's hard to find because you can make them. I found a few recipes online, they seem a little difficult to make and get right, but they sell them. It looks like a cone, basically, uh, of like angel food cake stuff.
4: There is a German bakery on Eastern just right by the 215.
2: I'll bet you money they make mm-hmm, them, mm. but yeah, it, it was delicious and it's uh, uh very alcoholic. <laughs> I also got to talk a little bit about Krampus really quick too. So in case you don't know, Krampus is one of my favorite holiday things uh, because it's a great balance to Santa Claus, in my opinion. Uh, the Krampus is a horned creature that helps Santa by scaring children who have been slightly bad, by beating children with birch rods who have been very bad, and kidnapping <laughs> the absolute worst children. I love that idea that it's like, well, Santa Rogue rewards good children and Krampus comes and beats you if you're bad. So, uh, I was excited about that. Market. I love beating children. Uh <laughs> We are pulling that clip. We just took
4: yeah. presents away. I mean, jeez. Yeah, right. We, we went down the wrong path. Randy,
3: right. write that down. We're, we're pulling <laughs> that clip.
2: I love beating children. <laughs> uh, so on the fifth of December, both Santa and Krampus visit children uh, throughout Germany and a bunch of other Alpine countries where Krampus exists. And like I said, Santa rewards good kids, and Krampus doles out punishment. Europeans have actually been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the 19th century. He probably came from before that time, but uh, a, kind of a, an amalgam of a bunch of different. Al- Alpine area traditions. Sometimes he's introduced with the Grus von Krampus, or the Krampus greeting, And the cards that I was talking about, they usually have humorous rhymes and poems written on them. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. A lot of times he'll have a wicker basket on his back with kids in it that he's kidnapping. Uh, He's also shown having one human foot and one cloven hoof in a lot of them. That's a very Mm. common trope. And on some of the cards, uh, he has uh, some very weird sexual overtones where he's uh, pursuing very buxom women. So that's (laughs) very German. So the horny children beater. Literally the horny children beater yes yeah. great tradition right, right? A fantastic <laughs> holiday tradition so musically Germany uh, gave us a whole bunch of uh, Christmas carols that we know uh, Silent Night like you mentioned O Tannenbaum Come All Ye Shepherds Come All Ye Faithful uh, along with the root musical ideas for much more of our Christmas music mm-hmm. uh, there's also some that haven't really made it out of Germany at least as far as I can tell uh, one very popular song is called Kling Glocken uh, Ring Little Bell uh, here's a clip from Helen Fisher singing that song
1: Mädchen hört und macht mir auf das bring euch meine Gaben, sollt euch dran So,
0: that's
2: Germany. That's, uh, it uh, sounds like, like <laughs> I said, it sounds like it's a, a, a lot of fun. Uh, it lasts a long time. The celebration goes on for, you know, over a month. It seems great to me.
4: All right. Awesome. Well, we'll stay in the general vicinity of, and, and focus on Christmas in Ireland. Ooh. I think I'm terrible at geography, so it could be like, way. Um, <laughs> it's definitely mm. Europe. I, okay. There yeah, we go. It's, it's four or 500 yeah. miles, but it's yeah. close. You got the right comment. Win. Um, so Christmas in Ireland, similar to Mexico is all about friends and family coming together, but the biggest difference is many of the gatherings are held as you would expect in Ireland in the pub. Ah, makes sense. Ah. Yes. In most towns and villages and cities, the pubs are the center of everything, making for a convenient and comfortable place for everyone to meet up. I'm down. The season starts with putting up the Christmas tree on December 8th because according to Christian tradition, the Immaculate Conception occurred on this date. Along with the tree, Holly. Holly is often used to decorate homes. Holly actually has a very rich history for the Irish people that is woven into Irish mythology <laughs> (laughs) It is known in Ireland as Coulon, and it was never cut down completely. So they wouldn't cut down the entire holly bush. But instead, uh, sprigs were often brought into homes. Holly is believed by the Irish people to protect from evil spirits, as an angel was said to stand on each spike of the holly leaf. And also the scent was said to get rid of jealousy and open the heart. Uh Yeah. During the entire almost month-long celebration, it is uncommon for them to have snow, with the exception of some areas in Northern Ireland. So if you're visiting there for the holidays, don't expect to have a white Christmas, just like those of us living here in Las Vegas. <laughs> doesn't happen here very often either. Um, later in the month, the country effectively shuts down for the week between Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. As you were saying, like, we just don't do these things Surprise! here. Go back to work. Oh. Um, although the celebrations really go all the way through to January 6th, which is a common theme as we get through these yeah. these countries. On Christmas Eve, everyone returns from home wherever they are to begin their holidays. So if they're traveling abroad or in, if they work in a different area from their hometown, they actually all travel back to their hometowns uh, to... kind of gather. On this day, Irish families illuminate a window of their homes with a candle lit by either the youngest child of the family or the mother. This custom symbolizes that the homeowner would be welcome to allowing Mary and Joseph into their home, unlike the innkeeper in Bethlehem, who that turned them away. What a jerk. Right. Before bed, the family will put out a mince pie and a pint of Guinness for Santa.
3: Oh, yeah. I love this place.
4: lot. Along with a carrot for Rudolph, which in my opinion is way better than the tradition of cookies and
3: milk. And that, vegetables. You know, let's be real. Good for you.
4: Right? Well, that's for Rudolph. Oh, yeah. You know, um, On that night, Santa is always in need of a stiff drink to build <laughs> all of those toys, as we have actually experienced for many years. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> a uh, couple of stiff drinks. Right? Um, Christmas, or Nole Egg in, in Irish, is celebrated on December 25th, as in many other countries. Irish people often celebrate Christmas Day similarly to Americans with food, drink, and family. But additionally, they like to raise money for charitable causes. That's nice. So they do things like fun runs or swimming in the icy seas surrounding (laughs) the area. Better than us. Yeah. Uh, Many towns also hold tractor parades with a variety of fully decorated farm machinery. Hay rides. Yeah. Hay rides, yeah. Well, I mean, like combines and and all, all all of the farm equipment, they deck them out huh. in lights and and the local farmers actually bring them through the, the town That's to, uh, to just celebrate uh, the holidays. Uh, many dishes served during dinner are familiar to us, such as turkey, cranberry sauce, and mince pie, although I don't know that I've ever had mince pie, even though it is a thing here in the United States. Hmm. But other dishes, such as spiced beef, are unique to specific regions. They also serve a round cake that is full of caraway seeds, which doesn't sound great to me because <laughs> that's like the one thing in rye bread that I'm not fond of.
2: So I'm not sure about that. Um, We've taken the thing you hate the most and put it in something delicious. And and yeah, like the, a, the
4: whole, a bag right. whole bag of it. Right. <laughs>
2: um,
4: and then many desserts, such as Christmas pudding with brandy poured over it, Ooh. Very trifle and Yule Logs
3: <laughs> Layer of meat <laughs>
4: <laughs> Layer of ladyfingers. <laughs> <Yeah. There. laughs> Thank you Rachel um, And then uh, As you can tell uh, A true to form here in Ireland uh, Many of these items are graced With the addition of alcohol mm. The most popular modern Christmas Songs in Ireland include Christmas in Killarney mm. By Redmond Weldon and Kavanaugh
3: She was playing that one the other night yeah. too <laughs> yeah, that
4: was awesome. I do like that one, but it was a little more regional. So um, I went with another gem called Fairytale of New York by the Pogues, which we can listen to here.
3: So uh...
4: You promised me Broadway was waiting for me You were
0: handsome, you were pretty queen of New York City when, when the band finished playing, playing. They held up for more Sinatra,
4: Sinatra was swinging, all the jokes they were singing We kissed on a corner, corner, then danced through the night
3: The boys of the Envoy, Penny Coyle Were singing,
0: go, go by
4: So if you listen to all of the lyrics of this song, you will be very entertained. Uh, it is a story of a man in a drunk tank dreaming of Christmas with the woman he loves, but has disappointed. So it's quite interesting. Uh, the season is tied up on January 6th. This day is called Nama, uh, which translates to Women's Christmas and is also known as Little Christmas. Now, this day I can truly get behind because it is a day of rest. For Irish women, women get the day off, meet up with their friends to have a day out and treat themselves. The men stay home to do the housework, cook and take down the Christmas decorations, which is important because in Ireland, it is considered bad luck to leave them up after this date. After they remove the decorations, any holly that has been used would be burnt because once it is brought inside a home, it was never to be taken out again until after this day. Huh. So back to the Holly.
3: I can put the Christmas stuff away, but you're just going to be upset.
4: Yeah, I, I would. I would have to take it all out and reorganize the bins because you would definitely do it wrong. Yeah,
3: exactly. So that's. Why you can I
4: take do it down.
3: Oh, I, I can just, take it. I just have to. Down, put it I just away. can't put it away. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so uh, Kyle, you want to take a we'll yeah, take we'll, a short break we'll here? Take a
2: quick one, and uh, we'll come right back. Okay. Start your year at Whole Foods Market, where it's jumpstart January from the 4th through 17th. Stock up and save with some of the best deals of the year on supplements and organics to give your routine a fresh boost. And here's a hot shopping tip. Save some pennies with those 365 by Whole Foods Market products. From salad kits to tofu, smoothie essentials, and more, 365 brand has you covered from breakfast through dinner. Jumpstart your January now at Whole Foods Market.
1: Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Bet Fred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more.
2: My third country
3: is uh, uh, a neighbor of Heather's. Uh, We're going to Scotland. Wow. This research caught me completely off guard. Uh, I wasn't quite prepared for what I learned. I mean, I was thinking with its proximity to England, this was kind of a slam dunk, you know, but I was totally wrong. So England... And most of the rest of Great Britain has been celebrating the Christmas holiday for centuries. Mm. There was a period of about 40 years during the 1600s when celebrating the season was banned due to the Reformation. But in Scotland, however, they took that shit super seriously. (laughs) The Scots discouraged festivities well into the 20th century. Really? It wasn't until 1958 when Scotland recognized Christmas as a national holiday.
4: What? 1958?
3: 58. And it wasn't until 1974 that... Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, was recognized as an official day off for employees. So that's super crazy. I was two years old and Scotland was still kind of in its infancy celebrating the Christmas holiday. That's bizarre. Yeah. You never... It's right next to England.
2: Both of my parents were born before Scotland officially celebrated Christmas. Yeah. Huh. Nuts, right? (laughs) Interesting. Interesting.
3: So, in Scotland, you can wish everyone a happy Christmas, as they do in England, or if you would prefer the national dialect, Scots, you can wish them a blithe yule. Hmm. Or, if you're feeling particularly jaunty, you can wish someone a nolag, same word, deal, which is Merry Christmas in Gaelic. Uh, In most of the rest of Great Britain, Santa Claus is typically typically referred to as Father Christmas. In Scotland, it is not Father Christmas, not Saint Nicholas, not even Santa Claus. The bearer of gifts goes by the share-like moniker of Just Santa. Hmm. He is not Santa Claus. He's just Santa. (laughs) <laughs> Food-wise, it's kind of interesting. You can expect to find a scotch broth, which is a delicious soup with vegetables. You know, find that everywhere. You can get a kakaliki, which is another soup. This one made with chicken and leeks. Kakaliki. Ah. Uh, and maybe you want to get down on some klootie dumpling. This is Scotland's answer to Christmas pudding. And it is loaded with raisins, cinnamon, spices, and apples. And then the whole thing is boiled in a cloth. Huh. The word for cloth in Scots, Clut, hence the klootie dumpling. Uh, one thing that I would uh, I would know would be your favorite, Heather, is uh, the cheese board, which is very uh, popular. Yeah, bring it on. Maybe like a kabak, the oldest cheese in Scotland, which is covered in toasted oatmeal. Mm. Sounds quite mm. good. Uh, one thing is for certain, though, in Scotland, they love their fire. And that makes sense because it's pretty damn cold and damp up there, especially during the holiday season. Uh, first, they love the Yule log. Dating all the way back to the 8th century in Viking times, they would save a hardwood log to burn on the shortest day of the year and light it with a piece of last year's log. And that's a nice tradition carry oh. it forward. Uh, whoever was present during the lighting would enjoy prosperity and protection for the whole year. To keep evil spirits away, the Scottish had the caliche or the old winter's totem. So they would carve a piece of wood with the face of an old woman, toss it onto the fire on Christmas Eve, warding off all the evil spirits. As far as drinks are concerned, uh, you seldom need to stray any further than Scotch whiskey, which is fantastic any time of the year, but gives a little added warmth around the holidays. Uh, also, they celebrate an, an event called Nicht on Christmas Eve. This is based on the dish called Sohens, which is oat husk and meal that has been steeped in water for several days and allowed to sour and ferment. Ugh,
4: That doesn't sound great.
3: Does not sound great. <laughs> Maybe a mushy sourdough-like flavor, possibly? Maybe. Maybe fermented mushy sourdough flavor.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, sourdough sourdough does
3: ferment, but not- I guess. Yeah. yeah ugh.
4: Like uncooked sourdough?
3: Like drinking ugh. a sa- sourdough starter? Like <laughs> here. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so it would be very difficult to go wrong uh, when including the bagpipes in any type of musical celebration. But when you include it in Christmas time, it is the best. Obviously, the most well known song of the season from Scotland is Old Lang Syne, which is Scots for Long, Long Ago. The song was never intended for the Christmas season, nor for New Year's Eve. Hmm. When it is traditionally sung, the world over. But through the years, it's become more and more synonymous with the holiday time. The Scottish have the best names for their songs. Balulami, gloomy winter, and ale is dear, like beer is dear. <laughs> That's a great song, and they all double as drinking songs. Like every single one of them is a Christmas like their carol
4: in Ireland.
3: Yeah, it's a Christmas carol and a drinking song. Uh, here's a clip of a great one called Here We Come A Wassalin, which we know this song. <laughs> Bottom of the punch bowl. Sounds like this.
2: So that's it for Scotland. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Spain. Pick Spain for the next one. España? España beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful there in the winter on the coast of the Mediterranean. It's nice and warm. Kind of unusual for Christmas weather, but we're kind of used to it here in Vegas. Also, how can I say no to a country that uh, part of their Christmas tradition is to make ornaments that are pooping and have a log that also poops. We'll get back to that in a second.
4: Like the poop emoji or like? Nope. Nope. No.
2: <laughs> we'll come back. To it. Okay. So uh, they celebrate from around the 22nd of December through the Epiphany on January 6th. Uh, the 28th of December Just like Mexico uh, is Dia de los Santos Inocentes, which is basically the Spanish version of April Fool's Day. Like you said, um, it sounds like they celebrated in Mexico too. Mm -hmm. So on the 22nd of December every year, there's also a thing called the El Gordo, the fat lottery. Uh, It's been around since 1812 and it's gotten as high as 2 billion euros before. They basically, everybody buys a ticket for El Gordo, and then uh, on the 22nd, they draw out the winning numbers, and somebody wins M- millions or billions of dollars. Talk about a great Christmas present. Uh, a few years ago, some town of less than 100 people split $950 million between everybody in the town, because they all pooled their money, bought a whole uh-huh. bunch of tickets, and then everybody, they won. So That awesome. actually worked? Yeah. Wow. wow. Crazy, right? Many people also go to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, known as La Misa del Gallo, Mass of the Rooster, Yeah. Uh, because, like you said, a rooster supposedly crowed when uh, Jesus was born. Many families also eat the main Spanish Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve, just before or after Midnight Mass. It's a very special time for families to get together. They give thanks and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Surprise, very Catholic country. Some children are allowed a few gifts on Christmas, but the main gifts come on the night of January 5th. Uh, in Spain, there isn't really one Santa Claus. Instead, they celebrate the three wise men, the Reyes Magos. Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar, with parades and celebrations on the night of January 5th. Then, when they go home, children put out their shoes for the wise men to fill with gifts. So, again, we're kind of seeing a lot of these traditions that are intertwined with one another in slightly different ways. In Galicia, uh, a mythical coal miner called El Alapador feels children's stomachs to see if they've been eating well and leaves behind little treats like chestnuts and sweets. <laughs> it's a little weird, but not at all terrifying. Uh, the bass Totally normal. Also have uh, their own more rugged version of Santa, uh, the mythical giant Olentezero. Uh, he wears peasant's clothing. He smokes a pipe and brings gifts for children on Christmas Eve in return for food and alcohol. So, two of my favorite traditions that they have, kind of, uh, they're more Catalonia which is a region of Spain. But uh, one of them is uh, every year they make these ceramic ornaments of famous people from the news throughout the year <laughs> with their pants down and they're pooping. So okay. like a so few years ago. So specifically
4: newscasters.
2: Yeah. Well, well, not not just newscasters. Anybody famous that was in the news anybody. for the year. Oh, got So it. Okay. for example, a few years ago, uh, they made some of uh, Trump pooping. Uh, before that, there were some Obama pooping ones. Uh, so basically whoever I, took a shit basically, in yeah. that year. It was, it's yeah. a, it's a, a weird tradition that they do, and they're they're so funny looking. There's websites that are dedicated to showing all of them that they can collect. They're great. There's also the Christmas log, the Cagatillo in Catalonia, which literally translates as pooping log. It's basically a wooden log (laughs) dressed up with a face and legs. They cover it in a blanket and they put a Catalan hat on it called a Barantina. Children throughout the month of December, they get it late November, early December and children feed it small pieces of bread or nuts or an orange peel pieces every evening in the lead up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending upon the family tradition, they sing the Cagatillo song song. They whack the log with a stick and ask the log to poop out taron, which is a type of sweet nougat uh, and other treats. Once the song is finished, they take the blanket off to discover that there are a whole bunch of hidden sweets underneath it. So obviously I had to pick the Cagatillo song. Uh, (laughs) This version of it is taken from uh, Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations Holiday Special from 2011, (laughs) and it features Nora Jones singing. Oh,
3: singing the pooping song.
1: Cagatillo Cagatoro toro, te vai d'opinion Non cagues arengades, che somas stasalades Caga toro, che soma spon Caga cagatoro, caga no donare un cop tu baston
2: Oh, my God. That is so disturbing. So go look that up. Go look that up on YouTube because it is animated. Uh, That's the weird little sound effects and the pooping noise that you hear. Uh, But the translation, the translation of the lyrics is literally poop log, poop Tyrone, made from almonds or pine nuts. Don't poop sardines. They are too salty. (laughs) Poop Turon, they are better. Poop Log, Poop Turon, if you don't poop, I will hit you with a stick. And it's so, it's another one of those great traditions. I think it needs to spread. Everybody should have a poop log in their house for Christmas. Uh, I'm just saying, I think it'd be great. But uh, that's that's uh, uh, Spain, and there's uh, one of the other fascinating things I found out about Spain is divided into so many smaller regions. Every single one has different Christmas traditions. This was just my favorite that I picked. There's so many more to go check out, uh, and it's worth a quick look up. But uh, yeah, that's that's part of Spain. Wow. All right. I don't. That's
4: that's a tough one to find. Yeah, I can't match a
2: <laughs> poop log. <laughs> All
4: right. So we we are going to head over to Greece. So Christmas in Greece, or should I say unchrist. Christmas. Hmm. Greece is well-known, well-traveled country for tourists, but is not a popular destination for Christmas for a number of reasons. First, why would you go to Greece to not enjoy the beaches in the summer months, but also because they do not really celebrate Christmas, so to speak. Greeks believe that goblins or bad spirits known as kalikansaroids uh, appeared during the 12-day celebrations of Christmas until they observe the epiphany, which generally falls on January 6th. Basically, the story is that these bad spirits spend the entire year trying to destroy the world tree from the roots. And And then as they get close to the final stage of crumbling the world into Hades, they come to the surface so that they don't get crushed with it. Hmm. Greek families burn a constant Yule log during the 12-day period when it is said that they're at the surface wreaking havoc in towns by tripping people and causing accidents. To keep them out of their homes, as the chimney is a common way for them to enter the home. So they basically burn the Yule log nonstop during these 12 days to keep the Kali from from going into their house. Mm-hmm. Greek people do not decorate with Christmas trees, but rather they hang a cross covered with a sprig of basil with a bowl of water below it to keep the basil fresh. They use the blessed water to sprinkle around the home to help ward off these bad spirits. So it's very focused on like making sure that they don't have a bad experience during these 12 days because it's just a terrible time. <laughs> um, also, they hang uh, pomegranate and cremetta over their front doors they do this to allow visitors to smash it with their foot on new year's day as a symbol of strength and good fortune along the streets you can find often find young children in groups of two or more singing kalanda or christmas carols whilst playing drums the triangle and carrying boats adorned with nuts So as you can see, that song is um, very grating and would make me go absolutely insane it listening fun. to that. I mean, it is fun, but just, it just goes on and on and on with that same repetitive I know. I versing. heard it last night.
2: Yeah. Just all day out in the streets. Right. You're just like, oh, shut, oh. Up. Just shut up.
4: Shut <laughs> up. Talk about an earworm. Yeah. That one definitely would have that. <laughs> uh, the traditional Greek Christmas food mainly consists of roast lamb or pork served with a spinach and cheese pie. And trisostomos, Tresostamos. it is a very difficult uh, word, uh, mm-hmm. which is a sweet bread decorated with a cross sign and flowers on the top. For dessert, they bake a lot of sweet phyllo pastry dishes like baklava, katefi, mm-hmm. three puntes, three 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 punlays, three puntais, Um, And then uh, melomacarona melomacarona cookies and korambiandes, or butter and powdered sugar cookies are a huge part of Christmas for all Greeks. Christmas Day is a day of family and feasting with relaxation. Santa is not common in Greece. Instead, there is Saint Basil, or Agios Vasiles in Greek. St. Basil was a medieval bishop from Caseria who protected his community. On Christmas Day, it is not a time when gifts are exchanged. They are traditionally exchanged on New Year's Eve. On January 6th, or the Epiphany, when the sun starts moving again, it is said that the Kaliak must return underground to continue their sawing, realizing that the world tree healed itself in their absence, and they must start their annual process over again. That's got
3: to be frustrating. Yes.
4: (laughs) Also, on this day, the Greek Orthodox Church performs the great blessings of the waters. This is performed by a priest. The tradition is that... That the priest throws a cross into the sea and men and boys dive into the icy sea to try to retrieve the cross. The person who finds and returns the cross to the priest is then blessed by the priest for an entire year. Finally, the priest releases a white dove as a symbol of the Holy Spirit.
3: Mm. So diving into the
2: Aegean, yeah. yeah, you know, in the middle of winter <laughs> when it's nice and warm. Yeah. So, like I said, not that sounds terrible. Not
4: super Christmassy in the sense that we know Christmas, no. and it and it sounds like a really terrible time to be in <laughs> Greece, like with those little goblins. It doesn't sound t- great trying to attack you, yeah, right? Yeah. You know. So that's all I have.
3: Okay. For my last one, uh, I decided I wanted to use some. Inside information. So I chose the country of Russia, where my daughter-in-law, mostly, mostly my daughter-in-law, right? They're mm-hmm. engaged. They've Might been engaged well for be. a while. Might as well be uh, Paulina. She's from Russia. Uh, she is the fiance of the host of the audio judo spin-off through line that you can find on Pantheon or any other podcast source. Mm. <laughs> she, she spent many years of her life. I, mean, I don't know exactly the ages, but do you know?
4: When she was in Russia, Russia yeah. from 10 months until she was uh, just starting, about to start
3: 10th grade. Okay. So quite a while yeah. in and around Moscow. So what better source could I possibly uh, find? The first thing uh, we had to figure out is that Christmas is not celebrated on the traditional Christmas day. It is actually celebrated on the 7th of January. You know, there's, I've heard a lot hmm. of 6th and eighths. Yeah. 7th of January. This is because the Russian Orthodox Church still goes by the Julian calendar, not the Gregorian calendar, like the West. So everything is 13 days behind, and it's not even the most important holiday. New Year's is way more important than Christmas and is celebrated on January 1st, Obvi. Hmm. Uh, One of the best things that she and I talked about was that Santa's place is taken in Russia by Dead Moroz, or Grandpa Frost, or Father Frost, depending on who you talk to. On New Year's Eve, he places gifts under the New Year tree, as opposed to the Christmas tree. It's called the New Year tree. Uh, He is accompanied by Snegoruchka. I hope I said that right. She's going to be so pissed. (laughs) A snow maiden said to be his granddaughter uh, and she kind of acts as his assistant. He carries a staff, puts on a red, blue, silver or gold coat lined with white fur coat, coat. and wears valenki, traditional boots made of wool. Hmm. Unlike Santa, Father Fr- Uggs. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Santa Father Frost is tall and thin and instead of traveling by sleigh, he gets around Russia by taking a troika, a vehicle pulled by three horses. Right, so one of her favorite traditions of her family is that they used to hang cuties in the tree. So the whole house smelled like oranges, like Mm -hmm. the whole Christmas season. Uh, I
4: think they they put like cloves and stuff into them. She
3: said just no. Uh, She said just just cuties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Her favorite movie is called Jack Frost. It was released in 1964 and is more of a romantic fantasy with a really, 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 really complicated plot. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! It has a Cinderella type vibe thing to it, and. involves Bears and Father Frost. We need um, to
2: find that. For I did. Some.
3: So I watched the first 20 minutes of it and I got completely lost. So I need to watch it with Paulina and yeah. she can help me make sense of it.
2: There's also an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They talk about it. they riff on it. Yep. And it it's actually a, a great movie. Like it's it's so fascinating because it's so outside the realm of any like Western fantasy stuff. It's, it's so great.
3: weird. And they, they actually did it twice. They did a Riff tracks. episode. Uh, I watched the first 20 minutes of it and I'm like, I cannot follow this. She tried to explain it to me over the phone. I'm like, ah,
2: that's a lot of stuff.
3: I feel like there's some Soviet undertones here. Just a few. So food and drink wise, she said that her family used to make hot sangria during the holidays, which sounds awesome. Mm. They had a lot of salad.
4: Yeah. She said that when we were in Colorado, yeah. she warmed up the sangria that Mike made.
3: She did? Yeah. I must've missed that. Yeah. I must've probably huh. been eight cups of sangria deep. So I missed it. What were you going to say?
2: Nothing. I was oh. just, that's, that's interesting. A lot of salad. They had
3: a lot of salad, a salad called Olivier salad that had boiled potatoes, peas, boiled eggs, and in her words, way too much mayo. Hmm. Uh, Uh, They also ate fish in a fur coat. Uh, It is actually called, and I know I'm going to butcher this and she's going to be mad, Selyodka Pod Shaboy, which is a- That sounded pretty good. Which is a herring in a fur coat. It is a layered salad with pickled herring, boiled eggs, veggies, onions, mayo, and sometimes a layer of fresh apple. Yes, that's the face I made too. Yes, that is the one. Now, Uh, I
2: I do need to double check. Herring in a fur coat is not a euphemism. No, (laughs) it is not. (laughs) Okay. I just want to make sure-
4: It's the fuck food. It's the fuck food. We found a
2: Christmas
3: fuck food. (laughs) Uh, And then a final layer of ground beets is put on top, which gives the salad its characteristic purple color.
4: Huh. I'd take the beets and the apples.
3: Yeah. But everything everything else. else. Yeah. Way too much mayo. She said that several times. Way too much mayo. But we all know. Yeah, we know. She doesn't like any of that stuff. Music-wise, it is pretty somber in general, as one might expect. Bleak. Nowadays, they use a lot of the Western carols, but the original traditions are for simple folk songs. She recommended a couple from a romance movie that she liked, and I watched it, and it was just too Western. But I picked one. most popular song in Russia during the holidays is called The Forest Raised a Christmas Tree, and this is what it sounds like.
4: В лесу родилась елочка, в лесу она росла.
3: So uh, that's Russia. Hmm. Thank you so much, Paulina, for helping me out. We'll see you at Christmas time. Yay. Kyle?
2: So I took a quick jump to the entire other side of the planet from where we've been talking about. Japan. It's always been a place I would love to visit. I've always been fascinated with their history and their adoption of all these Western ideas and cultures after World War II. Plus, Kentucky Fried Chicken. How can you go wrong with that?
4: <laughs> that saved me.
2: Kentucky Sa- Fried it chicken. saved you when you were in Japan? It saved me after a night of debauchery. <laughs> debauchery. 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 Boquery. Boquery. I know <laughs> You've been listening to Bach all night. You were crazy. <laughs> totally debauch, oh, man. So uh, since Christmas in Japan is not so much a religious holiday, it's thought of more as a time to spread happiness and cheer and spend time with your friends. Christmas Eve is actually often thought of more like we think of Valentine's Day. It's a night to go out on a date with a person you love. Christmas Day isn't a national holiday, but it is often included in the New Year's holiday time off. So many people and a lot of school children get that day off. So the biggest one of the biggest things that you'll notice in any picture of Japan around Christmas time is Christmas lights like you have never seen before. They make some of the best Christmas light displays in the U.S. look like shoddy like hack jobs they're amazing. Tokyo, Osaka, and Kobe have these huge, huge displays every single year that look absolutely beautiful. Their power bills must go nuts every year between, you know, end of November and January 1st. It's crazy. But well, they do like
4: their lights. They you do like their lights a lot. Pictures of Tokyo or yeah. any of the downtown areas.
2: There's also a whole bunch of Christmas markets that spring up all over the place, um, which apparently is a trend everywhere, but in the US, who knew, uh, for shopping, to get presents, to exchange with your friends and family. It's also very popular to visit theme Parks around Christmas time uh, with a group of friends, and Tokyo Disneyland is generally more crowded during the Christmas season than any other time of year. Really? Yeah. Two biggest Christmas foods in Japan uh, strawberry shortcake and Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> there's no clear reason for the strawberry shortcake. Most likely the colors of the strawberry cake fit with the season, so they started to sort of make them uh, around Christmas. According to anthropologist David W. Plath, popularity also stemmed from a desire to emulate Western affluence during the recovery days following World War II. KFC, on the other hand, can be directly linked to a marketing campaign in 1974. Brilliant. Right? Brilliant marketing campaign. Uh, they were inspired by the Western Christmas tradition of a turkey dinner. KFC Japan came up with the idea to market chicken to Japanese Christians instead of turkey because turkeys are basically unheard of in Japan. The slogan, Kusmasu Niwa Kentucky, Or Kentucky for Christmas was born. It's now so popular that you have to order your KFC Christmas dinner months in advance. Otherwise, you won't get one. Also, there's a statue of Colonel Sanders in almost every single KFC in Japan. And they dress him up as Santa Claus for Christmas season uh, and call him Colonel Santa. That's, that's probably awesome, one awesome.
4: of KFC's like biggest revenue days. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Christmas. It has they to must,
2: be. they must make, I'm sure it's one of those things where Christmas day keeps the company running for the rest of the year. That's their, that's the day they break even and the rest of the year is all profit. It's like their black Japan. Friday. Yeah, exactly. So apparently uh, musically uh, singing and performing Christmas, music, Christmas music with friends and family is very popular in Japan uh, rather than going out to listen or listening to commercially available music, especially famous around Christmas uh, and the end of the year in Japan. Beethoven's ninth symphony. And it's final act owed to joy. Uh, it's known simply as Daiku, which means ni- number nine. It's a uh, radish, right? Daikon. That da- daikon, daikon is the radish. Yeah, That's it right. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Choirs all over the country sing uh, sing it in German. Weirdly enough, sure. Um, <laughs> one choir in Osaka <laughs> has ten thousand members in it, and it is known as the Number Nine Chorus. What? Yeah. All that being said, of course, I'm going to pick a bonkers J-pop Christmas song to share. Here's a piece of Santa san by a J-pop group Momori Clover Z. <laughs> So interesting side notes, Momori Clover Z in 2015 released a collaboration single with Kiss titled, You May Know Yukio Ni Saitamani or Saitamina. Uh, it was the first time Kiss ever released a collaboration CD with another artist. What? And it's not that great. But. Well, I mean. The uh, uh, music video for it is is fascinating because it is an anime Kiss uh, singing with an anime version of this band and then they become their real selves in the end of the video. It's, it's great. They'll do He'll anything up, for a paycheck. Right? But that's... Uh, uh, Christmas in Japan. All right. I liked it.
3: I
4: was a little jealous that you chose Japan. I, you know,
2: I, I honestly, I if you would have wanted it, I would have gladly let you take it. It's all right, there's so uh, many countries, right? Yeah, so we're gonna come close to home
4: with Christmas in Canada. Oh, so a, can a, yeah, a Christmas Sorry, in Canada? Canadians. Canadians celebrate Christmas in much the same way as it is in other Western countries. Uh, the three main days of celebration are Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. So, again, like all of these other countries, month long, week long, yeah, we get
3: whatever, we get three days,
4: like three days. That's that's it, that's all they do. Um, Christmas parades do start, though, in November, and they are popular with Santa Claus parades being a highlight. Hmm. Uh, they start November and spill over into December. Canadians are especially proud to say that their country is the home of Santa Claus. Oh. Ooh. So what? the Finns and the Canadians might be thrown this, down. This oh, could start, This yeah. could start an international incident. It, it could. It could. Right. Uh, light festivals are also popular during the holidays. Uh, when it comes to Canadian Christmas music, we are fortunate to have many Canadian artists interwoven into our holidays, such as Sarah McLachlan, one of my favorites, Michael Bublé. Uh, Celine Dion, Tyler Shaw, Justin Bieber, and Diana Krall, and, and, and many others. As well, there are some memorable quirky songs like "Grandma Got Rain Over by the Rain by a Reindeer" by the Rovers and "Honky the Christmas Goose" as sung by Toronto Maple Leafs legend Johnny Bauer. What? Huh. Yeah, I thought you'd find that interesting. But the Canadian Christmas Carol that stands out for most Canadians due to its heritage and the roots in their past and folklore is the Huron Carol. And here is a little sample of it sung by the Canadian vocal group, the Tenors.
1: Oh, children of the forest free, Oh, seed of Manitou! The holy child of earth and death is born today for you.
4: This song is attributed to the Canadian martyr Saint John de Brebeuf. It is considered Canada's oldest Christmas song written around 1642. The original title was Jesus Ajatonia or Jesus is Born, with its English lyrics written in 1926 by Jesse Edgar Middleton. Mm. With Canada being so vast, I thought it better to break down some of the traditions by Mm. province as there are some very very interesting celebrations that occur in different regions. Snick Tuck, or sorry, Sink Tuck is a festival started by the Inuit people celebrated in some provinces, especially those in the north. The celebration consists of dancing and gift exchanging. Nova Scotia is known all over the world for its fir and pine Christmas trees. Annually, they send their biggest and best fir to Boston because of the assistance that they were given by the city in an incident called the Halifax explosion. Also in Nova Scotia, many people take part in an activity called bell-snickling where they dress up in disguise in funny Santa costumes and go from home to home until one of the homeowners is able to guess who they are. <laughs> At each home, they are served Christmas cake or cookies. But unfortunately, in some areas, this has been canceled due to people using this tradition as a way to beg. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Those bums. <laughs> Let me in for cookies and cake. In Newfoundland, they have a tradition called mummering or jannying. It is where people dress up in costumes, knock on doors, so not specifically Santa, but in costumes, knock on doors, and in a disguised voice say, are there any mummers in the night? That sounds
3: kind of creepy. That sounds like the making of a horror movie too.
4: Right? The owner of the home lets them in to sing and dance with cake and drink. Then the mummerer... The mummerers head to the next house to do the same. If the owner could not identify who the mummerer was, they join them on their path from home to home.
3: Ugh. huh?
4: Yeah. So that's when you shut off all your lights and, like, I'm not yeah. home. Yeah. Don't I knock feel on like my I want door. To,
3: I feel like we can write a horror movie based <laughs> on this.
4: The mummering. It, right? We should look it up. Home? <laughs> <laughs> In the northern Canadian provinces, some plan a taffy pole, the patron saint of single women. Hmm. This party is thrown in hopes that the single women in attendance can meet eligible single men. So it's that's like a, a taffy s- pole speed dating in a taffy pole. I don't know if they're actually making taffy here. They, do they pair
2: everybody up so it's like one man and one woman pulling taffy with one another. Maybe Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is a euphemism. <laughs> Uh, <laughs>
4: I, I, I don't know. I didn't read into it enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, many families throughout the country will have cookie baking parties, which is similar to here in the in the United States. Everyone brings a recipe for Christmas cookies, bakes them, and exchanges them with the other members of the family in attendance. Then in Quebec, at the end of the Christmas season on Epiphany, so January 6th again, they have a celebration called La Fête des Wa or Feast of the Kings. They they bake a cake and place a bean in the middle. Whoever is the lucky person to discover the bean gets to be the king or the queen. Mm, so that's nice. There it is Another again. thing baked into a baked something. into a pastry,
3: right, or yeah. whatever, so or, or a herring.
2: That's Canada in a nutshell. There's a herring baked into a sweet cake? <laughs> Delicious. Uh, <laughs> if, oh, I got the herring. <laughs> <I got the, laughs> you prostit- win. Tragedy for head. me this year.
3: <laughs> so the this eyeballs is eyeballs are my favorite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: So this was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, So these episodes are not always entirely about music, even though we're a music podcast, but the traditions surrounding the holidays. And you cannot deny that music is an integral part of the celebration, whether you're in Japan or Canada, Nigeria, or elsewhere in the world. Just Um, not so
4: much in Greece.
3: Not so much in Greece, apparently. That's where we found that out. No, we're not going to Greece for the holidays. No. Period. So I want to thank you, Heather, for joining us again. It's always a special treat to record these episodes with with you.
2: Of course. Always fun. Thank uh, you.
3: So glad. Yeah, uh, it's
2: so nice to have another perspective on it, too, because if it was just Matthew and I talking about Christmas, yeah, boring. I
3: feel quick. like it would devolve into something else. Probably. Um, does. Yeah, it always Sex does. Sex jokes
2: and poop jokes. <laughs> <I have to. laughs> oh, wait, I did that anyways. Did. We got those. <laughs> <laughs> did that anyways.
3: So, uh, us here at Audio Judo, want to wish you and your families out there in podcast world a wonderful and safe holiday season, or uh, as they say, Felice Natal, Barca de Kira Samati Blythe. Yule, or in Russia, Snovim Godom. Oh,
2: very nice.
3: I hope I got that right, Paulina. Please don't be mad. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: and a uh, Merry Christmas shout out to uh, all of our patrons. Yeah. Simon C, our UK consultant. Thank you so much. Uh, In the front row seats here, Aaron P, Darlene W, and Michael A. Thank you all very much. And our backstage pass patrons, Christian S, David W, Michael S, Scott K, and a new one, Kristen K. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful holiday season wherever you are and however you celebrate. Yeah.
3: If you want to uh, get a hold of us, tell us what your favorite holiday traditions are. Let us know, you know, maybe you're in in Scotland and you're like, nobody eats Clutie Pie anymore, you idiot. You know, (laughs) go ahead tell us. You can get a hold of us on uh, facebook at facebook.com forward slash audio judo twitter at audio judo or instagram audio underscore judo or you can just email us directly at info at audio judo.com that's usually the most effective way and we see those right away um, we have episodes coming up about our top 10 albums of the year as always uh steve ray vaughn and others so please stay with us and again have a great holiday season everybody until then uh, bye-bye,
4: bye-bye. Merry Christmas.